Hi there, I'm Lars Hammer, the pastor at Lord of Grace Lutheran Church in Marana, Arizona. Welcome back to the walk through the Psalms. Today I'm gonna to finish up Psalm 50. We're gonna look at the last few verses. Uh, we're gonna look mostly at 19 through 21. So let's take a look here. You give your mouth free reign for evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your kin. You slander your own mother's child. These things you have done and I have been silent. You thought that I was one just like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. All right. The, the key line here that I want to look at is in verse 21. You thought that I was one just like yourself. The Bible, in the Bible, one of the biggest sins is idolatry. And it's kind of a hard sin for us to understand because it looks so weird to us. You know, when you get to the Ten Commandments, it talks about making graven images, and we kind of think to ourselves how silly that is, right? Who would honestly take something out of clay and worship it and think that was their God, you know? Um, and clearly that doesn't apply to me because I'm not making clay Zeuses and worshiping them uh, and making a, you know, giant stone Thor or something. Uh, and since I'm not doing that, all this talk about idolatry, yeah, whatever. I think to us it seems kind of silly that way. Uh, but it, it is so much deeper than that. Yes, there was a part of that. And that was a big temptation for the people in the Old Testament. Uh, and there's a long history of that. Uh, there people around them, the tribes around them, you know, some have always wondered, did they really think that the statue of this god Baal really was the god or just an image of Baal? We kind of think even those who made the statues didn't take them literally in that way. But either way, they still made the statues and they still bowed to them. And so the idea of making idols was always a problem. But idolatry goes so much deeper than just things you make out of clay or stone and bow before. An idol is really anything that you put your ultimate trust and worship in that isn't God. And, it can, and so if I put my ultimate trust in my own power, uh, if I put my ultimate trust in my own wealth, you know, if I'm some king or dictator and, you know, I think that I am God or I claim to be God, all those are forms of idolatry. And there's one more form of idolatry that's a little bit more insidious, that's harder to recognize in yourself when you're doing it. And that is where you acknowledge God, but you start making God into your own image. Or you sort of start ascribing to God the qualities in yourself. So then God becomes a reflection of yourself or God becomes the great endorser in the sky. Uh, God becomes the one who puts the rubber stamp on whatever it is about yourself that you want rubber stamped. And I know that's, that's been a common uh, accusation by atheists about religion is that we create this God figure and project onto that figure uh, our desires. That was Freud's whole thing. Uh, you know, he took it kind of a weird way, but there's a kernel of truth in there for a lot of people that we project onto God. 
the qualities that we wish we had in ourselves or that we wish God had, but we almost never project onto God qualities that are challenging and disruptive of our own worldview and our own likes and our own desires. We almost always project onto God the likes and desires we have. And in the Psalms here, you have God speaking and saying that that's really what you people have done. You thought that I was one just like yourself. Right? You thought I was just like you. You were doing these horrible things. Your mouth is speaking evil. Your tongue is full of lies. You're talking against your own family. And, you know, I didn't say nothing. God's saying, you're doing all this. I didn't say nothing. And because I was silent, you thought that I was just like you. You projected onto me the bad-mouthing, the lies, the deceit, the hate that you have against your fellow man, against your own family. You projected that onto me, God is saying. You, you, you molded me in that image. I think this is, this is the idolatry of our time. This is the idolatry that we as American Christians are most likely to slide into, is the idolatry of assuming that God confirms our biases and not letting God be, as, as we would say in theological language, holy other. Not letting God be God, but making God into what we want. And so if I am angry, God supports my anger and tells me, yeah, Lars, you're right to be angry. And if I don't like someone, God, the idol God is saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that person's bad and you're right. And if, if, I, am, if I am fearful or hateful of somebody and I want to get rid of them or block them out or whatever, and, and I, I would believe that the idol God would say, yeah, yeah, keep those people away. Those are bad people. Whatever, whatever is ugly and prejudicial and angry and resentful and bitter and in me, the idol God supports. Whatever grievances I have that I'm nursing, whatever unfairness I think I've suffered, the idol God is saying, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the idol God. That's the God that I thought was just like me. And that is so tempting and so easy to get into. Because otherwise, God is somebody who's other than me. Somebody who's more loving, more kind, more accepting, more forgiving. A God who is not keeping my grievances, but maybe pushing me to see the other side. And, and, and a God, instead of telling me that I should be afraid of this or that, is telling me maybe you need to give them a second look. And a God that's saying when I'm angry and hateful and I want to get back, that the God who is holy other is saying, maybe you need to calm down. Maybe you're the problem. But who in their right mind would ever fashion a God that challenges them and calls them out? I don't think we would. For me, that's always been part of the proof, and I put that in, in, with a big asterisk and big quotes. 
But if what Freud says is right, that we're just, God is just a projection, then I wouldn't project onto God the qualities of somebody who would be constantly barking at me to reconsider the way I treat others. I would want a God who would rubber stamp the way I treat others. I would not project onto an image of God someone who would tell me that I should reconsider my wealth and material possessions. I would want a God who would tell me, Lars, you just follow me, I'll give you lots of wealth and material possessions. I would not project onto an image of God someone who would tell me to pick up a cross and follow. I would pick up an image of God who would say, follow me and you'll never get to have to experience any of that. Idol God looks a lot like me and agrees with me. Other God tells me to rethink what I'm thinking, to take a step back. And that's hard, but that's how I know that God is God and God is not me. Because God is not endorsing my grievances and my angers, my prejudices and my hates. Instead, God is holding me up to a little bit of a mirror and saying, is this, is this what you want to be? Is this the way I, you are really created to be as a child of God? So let's jump then to the end, to verse 23. Those who bring thanksgiving as their sacrifice honor me. To those who go the right way, I will show the salvation of God. So go the right way, follow me. What do you need to bring to me? Thanksgiving. Again, be thankful, be gracious, honor me in that way, and then I will show salvation. Again, the path of humility and graciousness is the path toward salvation. God is not just like me. God is so much better. And I'm glad that God is so much better. And that's why I return to God, even though returning to God as somebody better than me is hard for me. And it's a challenge. But I know that when I do that, not only do I become better, but I become closer to God. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll see, hope I, I'll see you next time. God bless.